Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. Actually, our largest expense of 2022 this year is on marketing now in various ways. Part of that is ads, part of that's our affiliate, parts our text. Like it's all across the board because we know that is where it needs to be and that's where people are going to see the traction. So before there is this beauty of being lean. But I found, and I know what you talk about so much, Dana, of just like this little investment is actually quite important to just keep getting the traction and the SEO being built up through that as well. Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. If you've ever watched one of my YouTube videos, been on a Zoom call with me, or seen an Instagram video, it's highly likely that you've seen a piece of artwork behind me that says, Be Kind. It's an Imani Collective hanger sign designed by incredible Kenyan artisans. In today's episode, I speak with Jenny Nuccio, the founder and CEO, and Annette Wilson, director of marketing and events for Imani Collective. We talk about how they grew their Instagram account in one year from 18,000 to 38K. And we go all the way back to how they organically built it from 800 to the 18K. Yeah, we go there. Building strategic partnerships and ambassador programs and really the importance of listening to your audience for ideas. There is so much magic in this episode. I am in awe of the Imani Collective team, and I cannot wait for you to meet these two ladies. I am super excited for today's conversation because Jenny and I met nearly five years ago when I was first launching Positive Equation, which is bananas. I was very fresh to Los Angeles. And I was attending the United State of Women Summit. I think we were in a small group and we just connected. And I think there's been 
oh my gosh, so much has happened. You've birthed multiple children since that. (laughs) (laughs) We are now here doing this live podcast with Cal Baptist. I mean, the mission of Imani Collective has grown so much. Jenny and Annette is here too from your team. I am really excited to have this conversation with you and your students today. Jenny, can you kind of explain what the mission of the Imani Collective is with everyone? Yeah. So our tagline that everyone knows and we've done through our Giving Tuesdays and other campaigns is we're not just better together, we are best. And our mission at Imani Collective is to do just that, is to empower women from marginalized situations and create dignified, consistent work. So we are a socioeconomic women empowerment program that does that by creating ethical lifestyle goods. And our mission has shifted a little bit as we've gone from not like full nonprofit to hybrid for-profit and making very successful business. But it is always underlining been the same, and that's to empower women and so that they can break that overarching generational cycle of poverty for their kids. And it's been a joy to do that over so many years. Yes, it's incredible. So four years ago, when we first met, did you have the product side of the business or was it just the nonprofit side? We did. We were actually at USOW, the United States of Women, right? Yeah. Uh, the conference. <laughs> we were at that conference. What was interesting about this conference is Annette was supposed to be there and we were both really pregnant. So I lied to the flight attendant. I was 37 weeks pregnant. Annette went into early labor, so she couldn't fly. We were both like at our 35 weeks, whatever. She was like, <laughs> you were 37 weeks pregnant at this event? Yeah, when I met Yay. you. Yes. I was like, surely my first child was late, which this child ended up being late too. But yeah, so I was so large and in charge. And so I like <laughs> got down there and we had a booth. So we had a booth there. So we did have the product side, but it was just starting because we started our product side of our business really in 2016, but it looked a lot different. And then when we rebranded in 2017, that's when Annette also joined our team. That's when our whole company and the shift of even how we were presenting ourselves as a brand change. So when you met us, that was about a year after we had done that shift. So we still were pretty new to like, what is our niche? What are we doing? And how are we showing up for the world? What made you do that pivot? And I think this is interesting because a lot of organizations might be thinking, we just do the same thing all the time. But that's a big business switch. What was the thought behind that? sustainability, like not just like, oh, sustainability, you know, that's such a large term. But we went to New York now, we were invited into the artisan handmade section August of 2016. So I flew Jaden over. I'd never been to New York, went from Kenya to New York, wrapped Jaden with me. He was four months old at that time, my firstborn, and set up this booth. So much podge. Like it's so fun now because Annette and Haley put these extravagant booths together that are so <laughs> And mine was like Ikea furniture and let's just throw these things together. (laughs) It's kind of embarrassing now to look back, but it works. But after that show, I learned so much about who we were. Like I knew we had a story. I knew that for sure. And I knew our story was unique because I was a founder on the ground in Kenya, which most founders of social enterprises aren't actually living and immersed within their communities. They have an experience there and then they're still really well connected, which is fine. But we just had a different story of like, I knew our women, I knew their stories. I knew who we were touching versus just like partnering with a cooperative or artisan group. So I knew we were different in that way, but I knew our product was not moving. And people were like, so in love with our story in New York, but they like, couldn't bring it to themselves to purchase. Cause they're like, it doesn't fit aesthetically. Like the couple bites we did get, I almost felt, I call them like our pity purchases at that time. 
And so it was from that moment that I realized I can't do this alone. I need to bring someone else who has the expertise and Haley who couldn't join us today, but Haley is our, like I hired her on as our lead designer a month after that and brought her on the team. And within a month, we rebranded Amani and brought it back to New York in February of 2017. She flew over to Kenya. We basically slept in the workshop for seven days, oh one sample of everything, took it to New York and launched it. And we still have, we had hundreds and hundreds of orders come out of that booth. And it was such, such a drastic difference. So my main reason for pivoting and changing was I knew we had the core mission and I knew what we were doing was great in our impact. At that time, we had about 30 women. And I was like, we just need to figure out how to sustain that so that I can continue to pay those consistent salaries. But we just didn't have a product that was doing it. So we needed to change. That's fascinating to me. And so for those of you that might see this on video, but for those in audio, behind me is actually an Imani Collective Be Kind sign right. that I hang in my office that I've bought for people. It's become very popular, I think, in the female entrepreneur community in people's baby rooms. So I think this is actually a really fascinating point. You brought on a designer. What was the thought process in thinking about what do we think is going to work in order for us to sell the product? What was the conversation like with your designer? Because I think a lot of organizations rebrand, but not necessarily purposefully, if that makes sense. Like You were thinking about it in a very specific way. So yeah, how did that conversation go? Yeah, I think that what was so cool is Haley and I have known each other since college. We always say this all the time. We weren't like best, best friends, but we just were always in the same circles. We were in the same degree at that time. We kept in touch. And I knew she had gone to India and had designed with a smaller nonprofit at that time. And she was there for six months. They gave her so much responsibility. She laughs at it now. She's like, I have no idea like why they trusted me with all these things. But you know, I think that's nonprofit world. You're like, ooh, someone's here and they want to work. <laughs> so she did that and she got totally. to design and she fell in love with just like helping the women, right? And and seeing them shine through product innovation. And so she had been talking to me throughout that year of, hey, like, how did you start Imani? Like I'm thinking of doing this. And what was so interesting is it we had been working with, with one another for almost eight months because she was doing our graphics for our booths and stuff like that. She had her own graphic design company and it never clicked until the perfect moment. And the one thing that I did say to her is I was like, you scrap everything, scrap everything. The one thing you can't take away is Imani because Imani means faith in Swahili and it has been a faith journey. We can't take that out of the name, but name anything you want, design anything you want. I just want to be competitive. I want to be a household brand that people know because that means if we can be successful in a secular space as well, because we were also coming from like a missions background, right? So we're coming from like this really faith-based church-led, that's kind of how we started. So it's like, I don't want to be known as a crafts company. Like I'm not an artisan craft. I want to be a high elevated product that people can attach themselves to and know their impacts. And I don't know how to do that. And so she's like, all right, let's do this. And at that time we were both young moms and she's like, I want my house to be aesthetically pleasing. Annette has an amazing house. I'm like always looking at pictures and I'm like, my house is just thrown together and her <laughs> baby rooms are like beautiful. So she's like our perfect customer. Like I see it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's how it got created. And so she just ran with it. And we actually were originally called Imani Kids for a couple months because we catered it and designed Imani when we rebranded into a kid's line because we were moms and we wanted to 
be affordable, not be unreachable like these big ethical brands that you can't, you know. Yes. You know That's such a good point. Yeah, everyone can be able to purchase something. I mean, I think this is what are these? Do you know off the top of your head? This is a little banner that I hang in my office. They're 12. $12. Oh, we did a price increase. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Little price increase, but it's such a great gift that you can share with people. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. And I love all the products that you've created. Everybody can go to Amani Collective on Instagram or on their website to be able to see what I'm talking about. What I want to actually kind of transition to, and I don't know, Jenny or Annette, you can take this one. How has social media played a role in the work you've been building from maybe four years ago when we met to now? Yeah, I'm going to let Annette hop in, but I will, I would just want to say something about Annette here first. So when Annette came in, we had about 900 followers, roughly. It was under a thousand. Wow. And I like, Hey, Jenny, what's my marketing budget? And I would be like, zero dollars. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> so I can pay it for you, but I can't pay for a marketing budget. So for three years, guys, three years, she was creative and innovative and organically grew our following from 900 followers to over 18,000 followers. I just want to applaud her because like, I did not help her in any way. <laughs> and she had a hustle for that. And that's so true. I think the majority of people are like, what do you mean? What marketing budget? We're lucky to have a person to be able to help us. So yeah, Annette, we are all grasping. Tell us your secrets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It's just crazy because back then, social media, Instagram in general has just changed so much since then. So even like advice that I could give you for that may not be as relevant now. And just with how things change, like Jenny said, we just had to be so innovative and in keeping up with trends and making sure that we were thinking outside the box and connecting with people who were willing to do things for like product trade or whatever that looked like at the time. So it's definitely changed so much in that now that we have a marketing budget, we're able to do more and connect with more people in different ways. But yeah, starting out, so I did what we called our brand ambassador program, which I think was probably one of the biggest things that helped us grow and reach more people and just having people who were just interested in having our products in their home and talking about us on their Instagram in exchange for getting good content in their home. So that we are aesthetic could be cohesive and that our feed could be good for other people to be able to easily shop our page was huge for us. And can you break that down a little bit from a brand ambassador program standpoint, who were you looking to be your brand ambassadors? And how did like, did you say, hi, we want X number of pieces of content? Like, how did you structure that? Yeah, it was intense. I'm very glad we just launched our affiliate marketing program this last month. And I keep telling Jenny, it makes me want to cry because if you're wanting to do a brand ambassador program on your own without a platform, it is so much work, but it's worth the work for sure. Basically, we would just reach out on our Instagram and say, hey, we're taking applications. And the first time we did it, we only had like, I don't know, 30 to 50 people apply just because our following was at a point where we couldn't quite get the word out there as much. But then we just chose people regardless of their following size, just to get good content because we couldn't afford photography at the time. And so just being able to have those good pictures of our products in different spaces was huge. So smart. But even if the people only had 5,000, 10,000 followers, that's enough people that it started bringing people to our page. And so the next time we did it, we would get more and more and more. So by the time I did our last brand ambassador program, 
we had like 200 applicants and our affiliate marketing program that we just did, we had over 300 applicants. So we're definitely growing in the people that want to be able to work with us. So when we would give them product, we'd just like let them choose a product. If there was a product that was launching soon or a collection that we needed more photography of, we would send them those specific products and then they would take the photos and we would have like a little contract where it's like, we're going to send you this many products. This is how many photos we need from you. We need you to at least post about us like two times on your feed and talk a little bit about us and our product, or you can like do a story, like an unboxing of our products. And it was just really good to A, get the content, but B, more and more people started trickling in. So between that and all the giveaways that used to be so good, (laughs) not so good to do giveaways as much anymore, but it was doing it back then. Between those two things, I think those are the, I don't know, things that we did that were able to grow our following to what it was. And we got to about 18,000 before we started doing our paid marketing. And then since then, we're now at 37, right? As we check our phone and look at it, that's this amazing. Been nuts. We've been growing like a hundred dollars a day this week. And so we're just like, ah, so hopefully we'll be able to be at 38 this month. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Congratulations. Cause I know that's a lot of work. I've put together those brand ambassador things on the back end too. When you do have a platform yeah. or don't have a platform to help you, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I think what's so great about them though, is a people trust people. The social proof is incredible with UGC, user-generated content. Jenny says 38,700 followers on Instagram. There we go. (laughs) Another question around social media. So do you primarily focus most of your strategy on Instagram? That's where, yeah, most of our strategy is, especially with that Instagram crash that we had, I don't know, what was that? Six months ago, eight months ago or whatever. We just have made sure that other platforms are being used. So TikTok is definitely something we want to get into. But again, just the bandwidth of figuring out how to do that. Pinterest, we've done Pinterest ads and we like make sure that our posts appear on Pinterest. And then we've also expanded to a lot of other, like we've pushed more email marketing. We've brought on text message marketing. And then of course, now with this affiliate program, being able to reach bigger influencers for not necessarily just Instagram, but like the other platforms that they may be on, plus their blogs. Like we found that blogs are really get a lot of link clicks through blogs. Yes. SEO content, blog content, I think is a underutilized tool in a lot of cases. Yes, absolutely. Because it generates a ton of traffic continuously. I have blog posts from years ago that I've posted that continue to rank in my top five. So... For everyone listening, if you have not done... I talk about this all the time. But if you have not looked at your Google Analytics and look at what are your top performing pages and to your point about kind of affiliates, where are you getting traffic from? Those two things. A, you want to work with those people more often if they're giving great traffic bumps. And then B, in your own Google Analytics, are those top 5, 10 pages optimized the best? Do they have a donation button on them? Is there a place for an email value to be exchanged, right? You just want to make sure those pages are solid and there's no friction for people to be able to engage with you. So Annette, you just listed a ton of amazing marketing strategies. (laughs) What does your uh, digital marketing team look like over there? Ooh, well, there's me and there's there's also me and I'm just kidding. So (laughs) Haley and Paloma do so much. Like Paloma is one of our designers and Haley now is our COO at Still 
is really heavily involved in the social media or like the marketing aspect of our team. So I do a big bulk of everything, but when it comes to design work of specific things or brainstorming those ideas, we all kind of collectively work together in that. And I mean, I help them with the product design side of things. I don't touch anything because you don't want that, but I definitely can look at something and be like, yeah, that's cute. I want that in my house. So we like collaborate on that. And then in exchange, they definitely are really big in the role of making sure that the marketing, everything looks good. If I need something made cute, I'm just like, Paloma, make something that looks cute with these words on it. And she's really good about turning around really fast. So a lot of like the making sure that things are moving in motion is me, but our team is super on it. Making sure so there's three of you. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I would just like add in though, like Annette does run our marketing and she's like kind of a solo show, but there are three because like the other two wear a lot of different hats. They're constantly product developing, like we're already looking at Q4 and Q1 of next year. You know, they're doing tons of other things. So Annette is running it and making sure she's understanding all the analytics. Who are we partnering with? Who are we contracting out? So we do have a couple of teams that we contract out for our marketing. So they're not internal. And Annette leads those teams. And so really on an aesthetic portion of like, what are the graphics? How is it aligning with our brand? Of course, our COO, lead designer, and our junior designer are in that. But Annette is leading the marketing team in the sense of like, okay, where do we want to step into? Especially like when we decided to do text message marketing and affiliate, like her doing all of that research, bringing it to me and Haley and us approving that together of, okay, we're going to move forward with that. That's amazing. So Annette, you talked a little bit about going from the 18 to... 38.7 on Instagram and doing some social ads. So I know social ads can often seem daunting for some organizations, but they, of course, can lead a lot of growth. What has your experience been with social media advertising? Yeah. So it's been a roller coaster, to say the least. <laughs> and this last year, I think you, if you ask any business, they kind of have the same experience that we did because the increase in prices for those ads went way up. So when we first started doing ads, it was like the very end of 2019. We like got with a new company and really kind of hit the ground running January, 2020. And the return that we saw from those ads, we were like, why haven't we been doing this the whole time? This is amazing. We were like (laughs) 2.5 to 3x ROI on those. And it was insane. We were so excited. But over the next few months, just with the way that Facebook changed things, Suddenly, it was like going more down where all of a sudden, by the end of the year, we were looking at more like a 1x. And I've talked to other brands, and that's kind of been the experience across the board with so many people just because suddenly it was so much more expensive to do that. So we still did them all throughout the holiday season, especially, which I think was really, really helpful for us, just at least getting our name out there. But in January, was it January this year, our Facebook ad account got hacked. Yeah. Jenny was telling me about this. (laughs) It's been horrible. I just pray that never happens to anyone else. It's definitely not the funnest thing. So we've still been working with Facebook on making sure that we can get like the security that we need to get it back up and running. But for the time being, we've kind of put a pause on that just so that way we can do a big focus on our affiliate marketing, kind of switching that budget just for a little bit to see if that's going to be a little bit better of an ROI for us. And then hopefully by end of this month, beginning of next month, we can revisit ads again and go in there. But the other thing that we are interested in pursuing more is we just 
opened an Etsy shop. So that way we have both our website platform, but yeah. Etsy, since it's just such a high like search rate for the, our kind of products and it's already done super well with no ads. So we're really also excited to pursue Etsy ads, like making sure that we're on that platform as well. Yeah. And I'll add to that. So a few dates, it seems long, but it's actually not 2019. So I had you with no budget until October of 2020. I know this. <laughs> oh, that's right. Where yes. put our money. So I'm but, all sorts of mixed up with those dates. So sorry. I know, but 2020, you know, that whole it was a blur. It's a blur. I don't know. <laughs> but I will say that's a true testament though to ads and why it was so important because we went from 18,000 to 36,000 in a year. A year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One year. So we doubled in one year versus those three years of growing organically. And we only put, we weren't spending lots of money. I think at that time we started very small with, we had the budget where we're like, okay, we can put a thousand dollars in and it might look smaller. I've seen other companies and even with other companies I have, we put a couple hundred and it's just getting the name out there and the traction and again, understanding your analytics. And I used to always be against it because I think we want to automatically see that return of sale quickly, but we have to build that trust and credibility. And so what we saw is like, it really built over that time. And so yes, it's unfortunate that our Facebook got hacked. It's still part of actually our largest expense of 2022 this year is on marketing now in various ways. So like our budget went from like, it's like 10 times. <laughs> so yeah. like we have a yeah. large <laughs> We know where we're scaling to this year. Part of that is ads, parts that's our affiliate, parts our text. Like it's all across the board because we know that is where it needs to be. And that's where people are going to see the traction. So before, you know, there is this beauty of being lean, but I found, and I know what you talked about so much, Dana, of just like this little investment is actually quite important to just keep getting those again, even what you're saying, just the traction and the SEO being built up through that as well. So unfortunately. Yeah our ad accounts, but we will get it up and running. (laughs) But I am really excited because we did open a new platform with Etsy because we are in a unique position to do that. We found that we had a wholesaler kind of breaking protocol because they were buying our stuff and selling on Etsy and they were doing amazing guys. They were like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they bought tons of stuff from us and they were turning it so quickly and we're like, okay, we're going to change our (laughs) our guidelines. You know, it's so great about that is you were watching and listening and paying attention and realizing that something's working and had like the awareness to be like, okay, we need to pivot and we need to test this. Something I'm going to go back to on ads too. But from the time that that person was running their shop in Etsy to the time that you launched your own, how long did that take? Six months, maybe? Yeah. I mean, she's been yeah. a wholesaler of ours for about a year, but... We didn't start noticing her influx in orders until about six months ago. And then from there, we just kind of we know, started weighed searching, our like, yeah, yeah we're selling our stuff. And Finding we found a whole it. bunch of copycats on Etsy. We're like, cool, people are copying us. Awesome. <laughs> but, but that's what we saw. We're like, the biggest form of flattery, I, I guess. <laughs> people are like, our designs and they're all over Etsy. So we're, like, well, we're the original. So let's be on this platform. We're the original for it. And in the last two months of just launching that organically, we haven't even put ads into it. It's been incredible to see just like the sales and already all the reviews we have. So now being able to focus ads into that into the next month will be really cool to see how that extra revenue comes in from a different platform. This is fascinating. You know, I am all about the latest tech tools to help make your life easier. This episode is brought to you by Feather. Over 1,200 nonprofits of all shapes and sizes 
Use Feather's digital marketing tools to increase engagement, boost online donations, promote events, recruit volunteers, and ultimately do more good. So if you're tight on time and looking for a solution that simplifies and automates your online donor journey, head to feather.co or click the link in the show notes to learn more. That's F-E-A-T-H-R dot C-O. I want to pause and go back real quick when you're talking about starting a budget with a lean team and now that your marketing is your largest line item, which I think... I don't know, but I don't think a lot of organizations have that. But you slowly got there. When you were playing around with the ads, something that I just want to state for everybody is the beautiful thing about social media ads is you might not get that return on investment right away. But what you're getting back immediately is data. And you're getting information. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It lets you test copy. What's going to work? What's not? It lets you test visuals. What's going to work? What's not? Then that visual that works really great on social, you know what you can do? You can put that in your email marketing. You can send that out in your thank yous, right? Because you're like, okay, a large chunk of people liked this. So I think there's a lot of learnings and data that it gives back to you. So you're not spending for nothing. The other thing, and you kind of pointed this to with only a 1% return now, is because of the iOS changes, we're having to do a little bit more detective work with our ads. I was just running ads for... I helped launch the San Diego women's soccer team called Wave FC, which was super fun. That's so fun. Super fun. We were launching ads to their shop for products. And we had a specific code that was only on ads. So we could tell exactly how many purchases came from ads. In Facebook, I think it showed like 15 purchases, right? Which then your ROI looks not great. But then I asked the team, I was like, how many people have used this code from the ads? And she's like, 65 or whatever it is. And that obviously significantly breaks down your cost per purchase. So there's a little bit more detective work that we have to do in terms of not just looking at ads manager verbatim, but looking at our true backend and then making the calculations. So I just wanted to like put a little pin in that. <laughs> that there's a little bit more work we have to do. But I know I see changes happening in Facebook. I feel like daily now. They seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no Apple, no thank you. We're gonna fix this and get it better for everybody. So I know they're working on it. This is kind of a maybe Jenny and Annette question. Jenny, I want you to take us behind one of your favorite campaigns, but selfishly, I want you to talk about one that, <laughs> that I really like. So I'll like kind of pin it up. But if you want to go somewhere else with it, totally can. A couple giving Tuesdays ago, I don't know if it was two years, one year ago, two years ago, you launched something called the Joy Room on Giving Tuesday. Can you tell us what that was? Because I was a part of it and it was super fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would love to Annette to go a different route and talk about other things, our partners we've done and like really cool, I think breathing room. I think it's breathing. Room. Yeah. There's just like a lot of cool collaborations we've done too, but I've always wanted to do live giving Tuesday room. So we have so much impact. And as we grew our brand, I think we do an amazing job now, but one of the tension points and Annette knows this because we've had a lot of people in and out of our director of partnership role, because it's just a kind of a hard role to sit in because you're doing donor relationships, but you're like in the nonprofit side, but like we're running a brand and you just, it's just this like weird position you have to sit in. I'm used to like seeing all of our entities and being able to speak the lingo across the board, but sometimes it's really hard for people. And so 
Giving Tuesday is our permission in our company where we can just like blast our social media, be annoying about it, about all the impacts. Because for us, we very much have committed to being a brand focused on our product that then shines our impacts in a more subtle way versus like a nonprofit, you know, the other way where nonprofits impact, impact, talking a lot about that all the time. So a lot of people who buy our product don't necessarily know they're even part of an impact centric brand until they get their product in their hand, because that's the way we've chosen to do our marketing and lifestyle marketing and things like that. So Giving Tuesday is fun because we get to just like mess up all the algorithms and aesthetics. And I like totally like Annette to like throw everything like chaos on our social media. So it was in 2019 that we actually ran our first live room. And that room was called the war room. Okay. Very different than a joy room. So like it was intense. It was like so draining. We were exhausted at the end, but we felt good. Like we met our goal or whatever, but it was just, to be honest, sometimes just not fun. Like it was just like every hour we're like taking pictures and trying to just get and even the war room and then which is the whole connotation of that and so when we were planning for 2020 i was like one this has been a heck of a year and two i don't want to do a war room in this kind of climate of a year but i still want us to have our room together engage our global audience and the beautiful part about giving tuesday for us is all of our artisans get involved and our kenyan community gets involved like our last giving tuesday we just did in 2021 we raised over $16,000 and over 5,000 of that, I believe was from Kenyan donations, like our Kenya community. Amazing. Which is just mind blowing. Yes. It's so awesome. And so we just like to bring everybody a part of it. So yes, in 2020, my whole point of the joy room was to also give back. So for the money that we came in, I wanted to give back to people. And so Dana, you were a part of this. It all came to me, you know, when you have these like ideations, yeah. thing, it like all came to me like 12 hours before the day, it was terrible. So I was like, <laughs> seeing people and I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And so I planned these lives and I'm so thankful for people like you who are like, yes, I'll hop on a live. Like you just let me know five seconds ago but I'm going to do it. (laughs) So that's what we did. And I hopped on lives the whole day with people. We talked about our mission and what we were doing. It encouraged their people to give back. And then whoever was in the live room, I believe I put their name in a hat and I drew their name and we ended up donating back to them. Was it $500 or a thousand dollars or something? I forgot what it was. I think it's $50 per person. I don't remember how many you gave away. And then I want to say you picked like three people per live or something. And those people would take the $50 and give it to an organization on Giving Tuesday. Right. Thanks for reminding me. Yes. Yeah, so it was like <laughs> so awesome. So anybody in that live, and then we would draw a name and then we would Venmo them $50 to give to another organization. So it was just like tenfold, like money was coming in for us, which was great. And to care for our holistic programs, but then to see all like these other organizations we got to learn about that are kindred to your heart that you wanted to give to. And so it was just fun. And then we popped confetti, like yes. every last guys never pop confetti over your computer i still have keyboard <laughs> problems i actually have an external keyboard because my keyboard does not work because of that you were popping a lot of confetti that day popping a lot of confetti but it was so fun it was really fun to one people don't always learn about our impacts but it was fun for the kenyan team the dallas team just like for us to get excited and just yeah joy room it brought That's so much amazing. joy i love that and then do you have one partnership program you want to mention 
Yeah. So it's been fun this last year or so that we've been able to start partnering with like specific companies. So Breathing Room Organization, she is just the sweetest person and reached out to us interested in creating a banner, but she wasn't wanting it so that way she could sell it personally. She wanted to do it so that way she could talk about our brand, our mission with her followers while presenting a banner that she thought would be really, really good for them and fit her aesthetic. Quick pause. Yeah. Is what I have be kind and I'll post this on social. Is this a banner? That's a hang sign. It, I mean, we have it under our banner section. It's very confusing. But so the banner was just a little bit larger and it doesn't have Got the it. wooden dowel. So just a little grommet. Got it. Okay. We worked with Paloma and Haley on getting the design already. We have a collaboration tag on the back where it's like Monty Collective with Brady Room Organization and then signed. So it was really cool because she was able to then like with her whole platform bring a whole bunch of people over to us to see all of our collection, to see our impact, to see what we're doing at the same time where she didn't have to put out anything financially. It was all just kind of our, like, we want to make this product with you and to see her be able to not only just be like her passion for our business, but just bring over people that would also have that is just, it's been really, really fun to see. So we're definitely open to those kind of collaborations in the future. And we have a couple in like in talks just so that way we can continue those kind of collaborations because they're first of all, so fun. Oh my gosh. I love that. This is giving me personal ideas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Missions to movements banner. Yes, please. Yeah. And there's a way to do it where we do like custom and wholesale and like that. But what's so cool about this with her in the breathing room and just, it says, this is my happy place, which we still sell. It's still, it's not like she made commission or profits off of that. And we're not saying that's a typical partnership because most of our collaboration partnerships are very typical wholesale, but they're still beautiful because we're both co-collaborating and marketing together. But she wanted just a way to give back in her community to be a part of that and not be a part of her mission. So we found that really sweet. And now she's turned all of her sales. She wants us right to donate it to mm-hmm. use Ukraine. that banner at the right now to donate to Ukraine relief and like organization. So it's like changing those profits to go there. And so that's just like really, really sweet. We've also done cool collaborations similar to like very similar format with Jamie Ivy and her kids book that she just had. We just did a noonday collection banner with for their like leaders and their organization. So so fun. Yeah, I love this. That's amazing. I think there's so many powerful things you can do with product. It just gives you an extension of brand recognition and awareness. Because it's something... I mean, gosh, I look at this every day. And actually, a lot of people comment... I mean, I'm on Zoom calls and webinars all the time. Whatever's sitting behind me is getting a lot of screen time. <laughs> and so people are like, wow, like what is that behind you? What is this piece of artwork? Right. I have Morgan Harper Nichols over here. People mention my books all the time. And I just forget that they're there. But the presence that you create in your home office, it's A creates joy and recognition in a virtual setting, which I think is amazing. I'm gonna jump to a section called We Must Know. And Annette, I'm gonna ask you for these two. Annette. Which social or digital platform are you the most intrigued by right now? So, I mean, I've just been absolutely obsessed with our affiliate marketing. You know, I keep saying that, but I'm very excited about that platform in being able to just go about marketing a different way where it's going to be so much more personal. And I love the idea of people being able to make a little bit of a little cut of those sales and having that drive to go out and talk about us more and 
style us in their homes. And it's going to be such an incredible way to not only get that content that we always need, but just get our name out there to even more diverse bunch of people. I mean, we just had people from all over the world applying for this affiliate marketing program. So it's just going to be fun to like get into new places. Like we've blown up in Australia this last year. It's been insane to blow up in a whole different country where it's just, I mean, most of the people I have asking about wholesale is from Australia through our DMs on Instagram. And it's just been so fun. So we've had people from South Korea, Japan, China, like all reaching out, wanting to work with us now. So it's just, it's going to be so fun. International (laughs) presence. Quick question with that. So when you ramp up, I mean, this all goes back to your impact. So you've obviously tremendously grown in sales. Jenny, how has that been in Kenya? And how have you like from four years ago, maybe how many artisans did you have to how many do you have now? Ooh, this always makes me cry. (laughs) And I'm just like so excited because our team is about to be here. And Haley hasn't been here since January, 2017. And we were a small room in old town. We had our village location, which she never saw because we were just like living in the room for a week. And we were a small room. We now have seven buildings in old town. We have a location in Turkana, which has 16 women up there. And we have 131 artisans and staff. Wow. That's incredible. And the trickle effect of that, like the ripple that happens. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's a lot of families. Yeah. I've always told Annette, Annette knows I like love research and just, you know, obviously being a doctor, but like love research and analytics and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I've always like, I want to be able to be able to somehow figure out that ripple effect in numbers. And because it is like, it's not just within our artisans that affects the families, but it's also our suppliers, the people we were in our building community, the outreach programs we do, like there's so much ripple and it's been really beautiful to see it grow. I love that. It's so good. And that who is inspirational to you on social? If there was like an account that you're like, this is a must follow, we must check them out, who would it be? The one that I have been, I mean, there's multiple obviously that I love, but there's a company called Wild Bird and I just, I love their marketing. They're a baby sling company. And so they're a little like in the same vein where it comes to like, we focus a lot on kids decor. We've done stuff with them in the past, like giveaways and whatnot, but they are really good with their marketing and keeping up with the trends. And it's just, it's so fun to be able to have a brand that's kind of matching an aesthetic to kind of just see where they're going and kind of have a little bit of a mentor without them knowing that they're actually a mentor for <laughs> a creepy stalker mentor. But I don't know. I just love being able to see just the directions that they're going and get ideas from them that way. But they also are good in the same way as we are in that they are very product focused with the very underlying on how they're helping people because all of their products are made by mothers, like mostly single moms that needed bad jobs. And like, but that's there, that presence is there, but that's not why you like their their presence, you go because it's so cute. You have to see what it is. Right. And so that's kind of been how we've been trying to do things too. It's like we want people to know our story, but we get them through the cute pictures. We get them through the cute product. They come to our site and then they learn about who we are. And I think that the way that they do that has been really inspirational into how we've been trying to gear our business as well. But then there are other businesses that of course we love like Able, where they're just so transparent about everything that they do. We love being able to just see how they structure their marketing. So that way it's very easily digestible. 
I have lots of Able products. Yes. And so, so do I. It's very hard to come with all of these amazing statistics and all this extremely convoluted and incredible story and make it simple and digestible enough for your audience to be able to just be like immediately, like it doesn't take much time for them to know what we're doing, who we are, how we're impacting. And I love the way that Abel's able to do that. Abel, Abel <laughs> is able to do that. <laughs> you just hit it. It's simple, digestible. I'm able to, you want someone when they hear your mission to be able to go to a friend or a neighbor walking down the street and be able to explain exactly what you do. Exactly. Very exactly. quickly. Which is very hard to do. And I love, I, I love watching how they do that to give us ideas on how to make that our aesthetic as well. Awesome. So we've got Wild Bird and Abel. Everybody go yes. check them out. Amazing. So I want to jump into the last section, which is called Ask and Receive. So this is something where the listeners are supporters and I want them to be able to help you in something that you're working on. So Jenny, I'll ask you first, is there one thing that you would like to ask for help or support on from our listeners? People see our Instagram and they think, cool, they've got it going on. The reality is we still need you. So like we are a hybrid model. If you go to our website and you go into the impact side, you can look up our 2021 impact report and Dana, you get beautiful put in the show notes. So we love doing our impact reports and they're just getting larger each year, more pages. But one thing that we always have been asked as we moved into this hybrid model was, should I donate or should I purchase? And the reality of that question is they actually go to two different things. So I want you guys to know that. So go to the impact report and read it. But when you purchase, you are providing for dignified work, consistent salaries, and what that means to just have an amazing job that we pay two times plus the minimum wage here and give benefits and end of the year bonuses and all of that. That's what that goes to. When you donate, you're part of a larger ripple effect of impact where we do childcare, food program, outreach programs, VBSs. We have a whole different section where we actually, it's called our Two Miami Initiative. With the Two Miami Initiative, this is that whole program where we're doing sewing, weaving, leather work training. And that's a year of training. Our second year, they can choose to be placed into a company or we hire them on because we have vetted partners in Kenya. Or they get to do the entrepreneurial routes. We do entrepreneurial training. We have counseling on site. We have so much. So when people are like, oh, should I purchase or donate? I want you to do both. You know, <laughs> I want you to be a part of both. But whatever your heart really calls to. But that's what we're saying. A lot of people don't know some of that back-end impact. And we'd love for you to like read the impact reports. We have a giving program called The Collective that you can give month to month. And that's really important to us in running those training programs just as much as it is important to us for you purchasing a product. Uh, Jenny, I'm just in awe of you and what you've created. It's pretty insane. Annette, she's insane. Insanely amazing. Oh, I know. I know. I was just telling my friend last night, I was like, she just became a doctor. She's like, how does she become a doctor while she's doing everything else? I'm like, she has one of those time triggers that Hermione Granger has, you know, like that's the only explanation for her. While you have three kids or four? Three. I have three kids and I think we have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and that's it. And that, how about you? What is one thing that you'd like to ask for help or support on? Just come follow us. I don't like, I think that that is such a good supportive thing for it to do. And just engaging with our posts, making sure that you're liking our stuff and commenting us and giving us encouragement. I love being able to receive encouraging messages in our posts just because, of course, it makes me feel good, but it also helps with that engagement with getting our posts out there and getting the word out there on what we do. 
Awesome. Beautiful. Everyone go follow at Amani Collective on everything. And Jenny, where can listeners find you? Where can people connect with you? I'm surprised Annette didn't say my platform like inspires her. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I actually also have a podcast. So I've had it for three and a half years now called the Moxie Podcast. I put out solo series on Tuesday. Thanks. I have a guest series on Thursdays and we just get to talk a lot about a lot of different things. But a lot of what I talk about is how do you do good in this world? How do you leverage your profits for good? That it's not just about people over profits, but actually your profits are important to care for your people. That is just like my tagline there. And so talk a lot about that on my Instagram platform there. And then later this year, I will be releasing a book that I wrote last year. And I've just kind of been... So exciting. Yes. It will be called Let It Be Wild, A Step Into the Unknown and Where I Found a Home. And it's just about my story about building a money collective. So more will come later of that. But just go follow me at Jenny. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yes. You have to let me know when that drops and we'll bring you back on to talk about it. I will. (laughs) Amazing. Annette, how about you? Where can listeners connect with you personally? Personally? Oh, I mean, I have... (laughs) I have my own Instagram if you want to come see me, like, you know, do things with my kids. <laughs> I want to follow you. I want to see the sweet house you have. Oh, my God. I, I have so much work. It's this old house that I'm doing so much work on, but it's been fun. It's just at Annette.Marie.Wilson, I think is our handle. So cool. Amazing. <laughs> Ladies, it has been a joy, as always, speaking with you both. The work you do is incredible. There are numerous things we talked about today, and we'll link to them in the show notes. Thank you so much for all of your hard work and the beautiful change that you're making in this world. So I'm, I'm lucky to know you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? <laughs> to make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories and tag positive equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.